Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly Minnesota where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently, I believe. I'm Terry. And I am Mary Beth. And this week we are chatting about ritualistic murders and ancient gods, one of my favorite things, haunted <laughs> animatronics, uh, when handjobs lead to murder, okay, gothic horror <laughs> anime times two, and an audacious video game inspired cyberpunk multiverse. Huh. A lot. Just all over the place. A lot. I'm really excited about what you're bringing to the table this week. <laughs> uh, but really quick before we jump in, um, we are going to have two weeks off from Little Cuts because I am going on my honeymoon, finally, slash one year anniversary trip. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. I'm going to be in Japan yeah, for two weeks with my husband, and that's kind of cool. I haven't gone on a real vacation in a really long time, so I'm super stoked. We will still have regular feed episodes every Monday. We just won't have yep. the, the Little Cuts episodes for two weeks. And we'll I will back. also be going on a very small vacation. Definitely not as exotic or as long as yours, but um, I'll be going to New York for a weekend, and I'm really excited for that. To see good friends, which is so much fun. Yeah. You get to hang out with good friends, which is very exciting. So it's travel time in this Guard for Life universe. Um <laughs> I'm ziplining into Godzilla's mouth on Halloween, and I bought a Mothman oh. onesie to wear on the streets of Osaka on the day of Halloween. I'm very excited. I don't think anyone... That's not fair. I do... Mothman, I do not believe, is like probably that popular in Japan, so I cannot wait to just have a Mothman onesie. I mean, I don't... it's not going to be the weirdest thing there, probably. Yeah. No, just absolutely not. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see the pictures. I'm so excited. Um... But I, I also, I want to hear about ritualistic murders and ancient gods, because, like, that sounds like my shit. So tell yeah. me what this is. So this is a last minute entry because um, I literally just got this email out of the blue asking if I wanted to see this movie that's um, currently out. I think it's streaming on Tubi and it's also available to rent. And I was like sounded interesting sure and so i got a, a screener for this movie called older gods which i had never heard of until right now <laughs> literally right before right when i started watching the movie was the when i got the email was the very first time i heard about it and it is a slow burn cosmic horror movie about this man whose best friend um committed suicide and sends him this weird package with a bunch of photographs, a bunch of like drawings that are very weird. Um, and he gets this USB that has like videos of his friend where he's like talking about how they were, he was part of this expedition that was looking into um, these cases where there were like ritualistic murders that were carving um, circles, like two circles with one within another each other into the bodies and they're talking about some ancient deity that existed before humanity 
and discussing about how like this idea of this primordial fear that the universe is so vast and infinite that um, you realize how like horrifically insignificant you are in the grand scale of existence and the wonder of this idea that we are all just a dream of this ancient deity that exists has existed since time immemorial and so we're following this man that goes back to his friend's childhood home in Wales and is basically trying to figure out what led to his friend's death. And weird things start to happen. He's like being watched outside his house by someone in this black ceremonial robe. Uh, he is listening to um, the the recordings of, of his friend and he's starting to see that maybe there is someone that was after his friend and now potentially after him. And it's, this reminds me of like, this reminds me of like resolution era. Um, Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead. Oh, not as good. <laughs> I think the script it does a lot more telling than showing. There's a lot of exposition dumps and I okay. kind of, I kind of think that the weakest part of it is the script because it looks really good. It's it's decently acted, and there's some really cool effects. Like he keep he's having these dreams about this ancient being that is speaking in some demonic language, and there's subtitles on the screen, and it's like shots of space, and there's a shot of like this alien landscape with that is lit by a blue sun. And there's this very haunting image of him standing in a field with like some weird obelisk coming down from the sky. Like there's some really trippy imagery and some really cool moments. I just think this, the script is a little, it's a little hit or miss for me. And I kind of wish that, I kind of wish that they had maybe that the, the writer and director, this is his debut feature film, David A. Roberts. I wish that, um, I wish that the script is a little bit more fully cooked, but for what it's doing, I thought it was interesting. It's a it was a decent slow burn, and I'm curious to see what he's gonna do next. Uh, that's the kind of vibe I got from this film. That it was like there's there's good bones here. I just think that maybe some of the ambition was a little bit bigger than maybe the budget, and also the script is just a little weak. But it was entertaining and it was interesting to watch um, this pretty much a one man uh, stuck in a house dealing with existential dread and the potential that we are meaningless huh. in the grand scheme of things. Is it like, have you seen the last song? You mean dark song? Yeah. Jesus. Dark song. Not last song is a Miley Cyrus movie. Sorry. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yes, I have seen that. And I think, but I think have vibes of that. It does. Um, I don't okay. think the ending of this is anywhere near as, as, um, creative as that movie okay 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 it's it, it, it's it's a very interesting movie it's definitely a good slow burn um it's on tubi and i just i like i said i do think the biggest problem is that we have this video of his of his now dead friend that is basically laying out the whole lore in, in us in like exposition dumps and that is the biggest issue i have with it because it's like oh my god we have another exposition dump yeah but it's good. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. Haunted animatronics. I know what this is, and I'm dying to hear what your reaction is. So, this is Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, get excited, everybody, which is out now as of um, the, 
the, the day that this episode drops, it is out in theaters and also streaming on Peacock. So for those of you unfamiliar, this is based on the big viral video game sensation Five Nights at Freddy's, where you play a security guard working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, which is basically like Chuck E. Cheese, and you are trying to protect yourself from the crazy haunted animatronics that are coming for you. It's like, I played the first one, it's super simple, it's got like found footage vibes because you're, you know, you're supposed to be looking at these grainy cameras to see where the animatronics are coming and the only place you're safe is the office and so you have to figure out the best ways to keep them out. And I am not, um, I am not big on the Freddy Fazbear lore. I do not fully know the lore. I am not caught up on the lore. Um, I, I know the games, I know what they are, and that's it. So like, this is... This is the baseline for where I'm coming at this movie from, for all the Five Nights at Freddy's fans out there. Um, I was I was actually excited for this movie because, one, it's a woman directing it, Emma Tammy, who did yep. The Wind. The which Wind. Is like, so good. The Wind, which is like a slow burn Western horror movie, which is so good. And then she makes fucking Five Nights at Freddy's, so like, give women IP, baby. I was excited to see what she was going to do with it. Like... Look, I know that people are, like, iffy on Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, but I still think that, you know, Lindsay Beer was doing something interesting there. And Five Nights at Freddy's is a similar situation where I think it's fun. People are not going to like it, but I think it's really creative for what it is. And it takes something that is, so like, the IP and makes something, like, a quite interesting story, but it does overcomplicate it. Like, you can... Emma Tammy wrote the screenplay with Scott Cathan, who... Coffin, whatever the hell, who wrote, who created the original video game series with, and then with another writer, Seth Cudback. And you can definitely tell that like Scott Coffin's hands are all over this. And I can guarantee you she was trying to make something interesting on top of probably what he wanted out of the movie. And I know this was in development hell for a long time. And it was like all this crazy shit. But basically what we get is a, a very interesting movie about a guy whose mental illness is so bad he can't hold up a job and he's trying to figure out how to, like, keep his custody of his sister. So he works at Freddy Fazbear's and is, like, there's, like, dream world things happening. Like, I call... Like, this is almost like Five Night at Freddy Krueger. This is what I was calling it to Josh Korngut. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's, like, weird dream wow. theory stuff going on with, like, the ghosts of the kids. Like, we... Like, in the, like, in the game, it's ghosts of kids possessing these fucking animatronics. So... They play with all that lore really interestingly here. And, like, yes, it is incredibly overcomplicated. It is almost two hours long. There are too many things going on yeah, in this I movie. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, two hours? Abs <laughs> it's absolutely too much going on in this movie. And, again, I 100% appreciate for what it's trying to be. I think it's a very good, like, gateway horror movie. Because this is meant for, for children. Like, let's, let's right. just, like, get on the same page here. This movie is meant for children. This is a video game for children. And that's not a bad thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. The demographic for this movie, though, is very young, and it's still very smart. I think it, it was so cute. Like, I was walking into the theater, and this guy with his, was with his son and was like, if you get scared at all, just let me know, and we will leave. Aww. And the kid was so excited to be there, and I was like, this is this kid's, like, first horror movie. And, like, something about being, like, hearing that, it's cool. I think this is going to be a lot of kids for, like, I guarantee you if someone is scarred for life, like, in, like, a couple decades, like, this movie yep. will probably be on a lot of people's lists. And I don't think it's necessarily that scary of a movie, but for a kid, it's definitely scary. And there's some really interesting, like, I think there's some cool kills. It's PG-13, so they don't show a lot, but 
I don't know. I was really impressed by it. It's super bizarre. It's like weirdly campy. Matthew Lillard's really good in it. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson is really good in it. Like all of the performances are really good. The animatronics, which seven feet tall, designed by Penson Studios, look so good. Like the practical. Yeah, that's the thing I noticed when I look, when I see like the pictures of them. They look really good. They look. It's kind of freaky how good they like. It's, I'm so glad they did it this way. It would have looked terrible if they didn't. And they, like, it makes all the difference in terms of, like, how the stakes of the movie and it feeling real. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's really cool. And again, people are going to shit on it. But if you take into account what it is and who it's for, and also just, like, how incredible that this movie exists and, like, isn't total trash, I'm pretty into it. So... Let women direct more ip.tumblr.com because then you get weird, <laughs> crazy shit like this where it's like Freddy Krueger, but animatronics. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I've, I've heard like very mixed things. Like some people are either like really on its wavelength or think it's not good at all. I, I do like, I do think, I do think like from the lore perspective that maybe they could have eased maybe into that as opposed to, it sounds like there's a lot of lore from the games in this movie. It felt so much like they weren't sure if they were going to get a second movie and they didn't want to make this a series. It felt like they were trying really hard to put everything in the movie so it makes sense. And I also, I mean, like, I think, I don't think I really realized this because, like, I know that the Five Nights at Friday's people are rabid, but, like, the lore arguments that go on about this game are, like, really intense, apparently. They really are. And I was like, oh, I guess if, I wonder if they, like, tried to take that into account about, like, if people are going to be weird lore heads about this whole thing. And I haven't done a deep dive into the lore, because I just don't, I don't know if I, maybe I'll zip up my plane ride, my 15-hour plane ride to Japan. I'll spend all 15 (laughs) hours diving. I'll spend all of my my trip money on internet just so I can read Five Nights at Freddy's uh, lore. But yeah, I mean, like, for what it is, I mean, there it's are like, kind of like a cool thing that it exists. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of neat. There's like, there's like multi-hour YouTube videos dedicated to the lore. Like, we're talking like multiple hours. <laughs> I just, I mean, <clears throat> okay, that's fine. I just, I don't like that Scott Cowthon is a, a shit. Is he? Uh yeah, he uh voted I for I don't know Eddie. He's a he's a trumper. He voted for a lot of anti-trans and anti-LGBT candidates. He's like given money to those. Yeah, cool. he's a He's a character. I knew he was a character. I just like I just assume a lot of those guys are kind of shitty. You know, it's all I mean, it's the notch effect, right? With Minecraft where notch made something that is enjoyed by many millennia of people and then turns out to be a horrible individual it just it seems to happen oh my god oh god i'm not i need to stop looking at the i was just like trying i was like vaguely looking at it and i was like oh my god the lore it's too much there's too much too going much. on on the wikipedia too much oh there's too much that's like right. rabbit hole upon rabbit hole or upon rabbit hole it's like evangelion but even more complicated which is wild because evangelion is nuts. oh my god is Fri- five nights of freddy's evangelion for the kids I don't want to think about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're giant robots. You're welcome. Pilot the robot, Freddy. 
Um, okay, I don't, I want to hear about hand jobs leading to murder, though. It was really, is what I need to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pivoting wildly. Uh, so this, this movie, I guess, premiered at South By, and I totally didn't even know that it premiered at South By. And then it was unceremoniously dumped onto uh, VOD without any fanfare, from what I understand. Um, it is a movie called Down Low which is starring Zachary Quinto and Lucas Gage. Oh, okay. And Zachary Quinto plays this man who is deeply repressed, um, and he just got out of a marriage with a woman. He has two kids. He um, found out he has a brain tumor, and he's not going to live for very long. So now he is living in this very expensive home by himself, um, he says that his kids don't want to talk to them. His wife has made like uh, cards, basically, <laughs> like in a very funny moment. She makes these cards that I guess are going out to like friends and stuff that talks about how he is now um, out of the closet and homosexual and not part of the family or something like that. Like it is very weird. Um, okay. And the movie starts with him hiring a masseuse played by Lucas Gage. And he asks for a happy ending. And there's this funny... Uh, okay. There's this funny um, extended period of time where, like, Lucas Gage is listening to his very young music. And he's, like, going to, t- <laughs> going to town on, on Zachary Quintos' character's dick. And, and he can't get into it because of the music. So he, so he asks to change it to, like something else that is like classical and it just turns into like this this really funny moment and then lucas gage's character uh his character's name is cameron finds out that that this is gary zachary quinto's character his first male intimacy with another guy a male on male intimacy and he's like oh my god you're out of the closet now you're you're a new gay. I need, he's like, you're not a gay until you've hooked up with a stranger from an app. And so they get on this app, they create like a, a profile. They get this mask guy who's like, his, his name is looking to suck. And he comes over, <laughs> he comes over and then something happens. Looking and... to suck. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> looking to suck is just like stuck in my head. <laughs> And then something happens, and I'm not going to spoil it. Some reviews spoil it, but something happens, and then before you know it, we are in 90s dark comedy territory, very bad things territory, but it is very queer, it's very funny, it goes to some wild places, and it's a very entertaining, dark, queer comedy, and we don't see those at all. Much. Okay. Huh. And it was co-written by Lucas Gage. And it's just, he is, he's a delight in this. He is so good in this movie as this very uninhibited masseur that ends up getting stuck in a very unpleasant situation. Cool. Yeah. Judith Light is in it as an, as an, as the, as Gary's neighbor, who's very nosy and on Ambien and, she shows up at one point. Very funny. It's just, it's, it's a good, it's a good, funny, dark comedy. I was laughing a lot. Okay. So yeah, that's down low. Is that, that's out now? 
It's out now. It's out on now on VOD. Okay. Okay. All right. Gothic horror anime times two. Um. Okay. So I've been watching a lot of anime recently. Um. Shocking. And I've watched two things that are not super similar, but kind of similar. So the first one is Castlevania Nocturne, which is the new mm. season of Castlevania, which takes place quite a few hundred years in the future of from the original. If this takes place in the 1800s and the original show took place, I think, in the 1400s, I think. But it's multiple generations, basically, since Trevor Belmont right. and Sifa, Sifa get together. And now it is um, Richter Belmont. So Richter Belmont is the 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 like you know the la- the th- seemingly last remaining Belmont to protect protecting the world from vampires. And he uh, with and it takes place in France during the French Revolution. And on top of revolution, there are also vampire nobles that are kind of taking over the land. And all of this kind of comes together into a show about vampire hunters trying to fight Elizabeth Bathory, who is the vampire messiah. And everyone has also seen probably a lot of the fan art of Ulrox, you know, like something like Orlock. Ulrox is kind of like the Dracula-ish stand-in, so he's like a vampire, but he's like not, and he's like really powerful, but he's not really a bad guy, but he, and he's queer, and he's a very queer character. He is voiced by Zahn McLaren, who is a really awesome indigenous actor, and Ulrox is an Aztec, uh, an, an ancient American uh, indigenous vampire, which is really cool. Oh. And also this season also has a really badass um, black vampire. Uh, her na- And there's also a really incredible um, black female lead named Annette. And so a lot of this is about revolution, not just the French Revolution, but a lot about the slave rebellions in the um, oh, Caribbean wow. during that time period. And Annette's character and another character escape from slavery in, like, are part of the rebellions, and they come to France to find Richter to fight the vampires, because a lot of the slave owners in the Caribbean are vampires. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff here going on with, like, slavery and freedom and kind of, like, really digging into that in a really fascinating, really cool way, especially for an animated show on Netflix. Um, And if you are a fan of Castlevania, you will love this. The animation is even better it's so beautiful. It is incredible to watch, and you blow through the as eight episodes in the first season, and I we blew through it really quickly. Um, if you're game fans, this is based on uh, I think it's Castlevania Rondo of Blood Rondo and of Castlevania Blood. Symphony mm-hmm. of the Night are the two kind of gate comparisons. If you're looking for the game comparisons, um, I you know I I need to I need to go back and watch the original Castlevania. Cause I watched the first season when it first came out. I think it was like what, six episodes or something like that. It was very short. Yeah. It's pretty short. And I really enjoyed it. And then I never watched, I never continued watching it. And so I need to go back. So here it's very queer. Is this also very queer? It sounded like there's some queer characters. Oh, this one's even queer. I mean like Castlevania, Castlevania is very queer, but it's like it's weird because it didn't start out as queer and it got even right. queerer as the seasons went on. But Castlevania Nocturne is queer out the gate. Hell yeah! Um, again, because it's like technically it's like you know the next season, but it's a new. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. technically a new thing, but not really. So this one is really queer, uh, right off the bat. Hell yeah! I'm excited. I think I was thinking about downloading them for my uh, my flight to New York and just blow through. Oh yeah. But yeah, um, 
that is a really good watch, especially for the weekend if you want to watch something spooky but fun. Uh, would highly recommend that one. And then the second one is also really good for spooky. It's even, but it's very goofy and also spooky. It's called Undead Murder Farce. Okay. So it takes place in Victorian, the Victorian era. It starts out in Japan um, with this guy who is half Oni, which is a Japanese demon essentially, and he is like one of these rare hybrids of. He's ancient monsters and a human. He's very powerful. And then he comes across um, a woman who's in a maid outfit who's carrying something wrapped, a very large thing wrapped in cloth on her back. And she's also carrying a cage. And in that cage is the head of her master. Oh. Uh, her master, who is an immortal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... <laughs> wow so yes she is this immortal being who comes up to our our hero here and um her name is aya rindo and she comes up to sugaru shinuchi who is the our oni boy and shizuku hase who is our uh our maid and together they're like we have to go look for my lost body and so they start traveling across the world to go to europe to find her body and along the way they fight vampires and then at one point they meet sherlock holmes and moriarty and they fight the phantom of the opera and arsene lupin and jack the ripper all right so you had asked beforehand if you had talked about this and you'd mentioned a little bit about the head in the case and i was like this sounds so familiar and it just hit me now as you're talking about it that this is actually an anime that my friends Tally and Tyler, who I'm going to be visiting in New York, have recommended to me and they explained it to me. And, and they're like, you're going to really like it because they fight Jack the Ripper and they fight like <laughs> they started listing. And so that is why it sounded so familiar to me beforehand. I'm like, have you talked about this? I don't think you have. But why does it sound so familiar? I now know why. So it's just like. These three badass, like, Japanese dudes come in to, and, like, freak out all of the the European people who are like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing here? And they're just like, we're smart. And they're like, you're a head in a cage. And she's like, yeah, so? And, like, her maid, the thing wrapped in cloth in her back is a giant gun-knife combo. And she's, like, super obedient. And it's just, like, it's so badass. Like, it's so silly. And, like, it's just, like, it's, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen vibes, but through the lens mm-hmm. of a girl who only is a disembodied head and her two henchmen, who are, like, the the man who is half Oni is, like, a complete idiot, but he's really strong. And the woman is just, like, very, very, like, somber and very, very, like, serious. It's ridiculous, but it's really fun. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, silly... Like a reverend. It's silly, but yeah. then it's serious. And yeah, it's very strange, but I've, I've liked watching it so far. What's that streaming on? Is that on, on Crunchyroll? Crunchy okay. Everything's on Crunchyroll. Yeah, you can stream it on Crunchyroll. Um, Hell yeah. So I would highly suggest that if you are trying to find something to watch and you're looking at something like kind of fun, but a little spooky, if you like Victorian like gothic things, you should check it out. But then tying this all together with an anime potential Evo, an audacious video game inspired cyberpunk multiverse. So this has actually a lot more in common with Castlevania because this is oh, Adi okay. Shankar's world. We just live in it. This is his new show that just because he, he's the he's the 
producer, maybe creator of, of the Castlevania series as well. And so this okay. is Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, which is streaming on Netflix right now. And it is... This is the Ubisoft multiverse that I didn't know I needed. This is a Ubisoft produced uh, show that takes a bunch of characters and or themes from a ton of Ubisoft video games and puts them into a 1992 alternate history United States where um, a technocracy has technocracy, technocracy, technocracy. Sure. (laughs) Named Eden has like grown up out of the ashes of uh, America and it is a fascist government that is, has a spokesperson of Rayman. Are you familiar with Rayman? The little disembodied Wait, that's so crazy. Steve and I were like, why does Rayman have a gun or something like in a, in a still on Netflix? Was that on Netflix? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Cause we were like, why is Rayman armed and deadly and ready to fight? Yep, he is a uh, he is the the mouthpiece of this fascist government. He has the show. He's on the news. Shut the fuck up. Uh huh. And it is basically taking like um, Suicide Squad um, angle, where we have this this incredibly queer Captain Dolph Laserhawk who it who is <laughs> fuck yeah. Who has fuck yeah. <laughs> Who is like a rebel um, with his his boyfriend, <laughs> Alex, and this is in the very opening opening moments of it. It Alex betrays him, and he ends up getting taken by Warden, who is basically the Amanda Waller of this universe, and <laughs> he is leading like a ragtag group of people, including Beyond Good and Evils, Jade, and Paige. I don't know if you ever played those games or that game, or if you're familiar with it. But Jade and Paige, Jade is a human. Paige is a humanoid pig hybrid um, that she calls her uncle. And they are in What's this group. What's the game called? Oh, I The game it. is called Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, yeah. Look at him. Look yeah. At his tusks. And so and an assassin that is a bullfrog. His name is Bullfrog, and he is a frog that is also an assassin from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Thank you so much for explaining that to me. <laughs> There's a bullfrog. His name is Bullfrog. He's an assassin who's a frog. From Assassin's Creed. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. The assassin Bullfrog. <laughs> Named Bullfrog. Who's also a frog, by the way. <laughs> Oh, uh, and <laughs> and it just it's 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 such an audacious show, and I am like Rayman is a coke snorting um, TV <laughs> presenter who at one point gets pissed off I because he's replaced kid, by. That's why I'm laughing. Did you? <laughs> yes. He gets replaced by an AI version of himself at one point, and he's wandering around in his disembodied underwear like just he's underwear and he's like had like a robe and he is just snorting coke like nobody's business and it's just the fact that ubisoft signed off on this or rabbits the raving rabbits show up as giant kai kaiju monsters at one point it's wild and what's even better is i'm not going to spoil some of the surprises but 
it is a celebration of video games. At one point, they're doing a stealth mission, and it turns into like a top-down Metal Gear Solid, like original Metal Gear Solid-esque, like little sprites trying to hide from criminals walking back and forth. FMV, the the full the full motion video from the like the '90s, makes a, an appearance in here. It's just, it is a delightful, delightful show that had me rolling in in from laughter. It is so good. It is Adi Shankar's new thing, and I love it so much. I need people to watch it so that it gets renewed. Okay, that's funny because Steve and I are talking about that about it, and I was like, "What even is this?" It's wild, and it's by the producer of um of uh, Castlevania, so that makes sense. The animations, huh? Huh? Okay. Rain Man snorting coke is a very funny thing for me to think about. Just as a child who loved Rain Man, it's just very funny. I I know. That's why I'm like, I cannot believe. And it's very violent. Like, this thing is violent and sexy and just bloody and it's ridiculous. And it surprised me every time it turned around. Like, there are a lot of twists and turns in this. And I just, I loved it so much. Hell yeah. And what's it called again? What's it called again? Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. Hell yeah. And it's inspired by... So Far, Far Cry 3 did an expansion pack called Blood Blood Dragon. And so this is inspired by that, but it it's just takes this idea and runs with it very, very far. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, that makes me uh, want to watch it because I wasn't really sure. It's hilarious. Now you've, now you've convinced me that it, it's worth checking out. Highly recommended. And I don't hear people talking about it that much, so I think more people need to watch it. Okay. Watch it. Consider this your homework assignment while we're gone, listeners. <laughs> it's only like, I think it's eight episodes. It's really short. They're 20-minute episodes. Oh, yeah. Netflix is good Easy. at those. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's a week. That's like a, that's like a day. Yeah. It's an afternoon. It's very bingeable. Cool. All right. Well, Terry, who yes. are we talking to you on Monday? Okay. Uh, I'm very excited for this one. It is a little bit against type in terms of movies that we typically cover, but we are chatting with Sean King O'Grady, who is the director of We Need to Do Something, which is based on the novella by former guest Max Booth III. And he's also the director of the just-released The Mill on Hulu, which is a really good dystopian science fiction anti-capitalism movie that's really really good stars a little rel king really good and he brought with him dr Zhivago. happy halloween (laughs) it's this is a movie that's obviously not a horror movie but it is a three hour and 20 minute horror movie it's a horror movie (laughs) and it it created really, really good conversation, and I, I, I think this is one of my favorite conversations of the year. And it seems to happen a lot of times when we talk about movies that aren't horror, because we did this with um, the Killing Fields. That took me a moment, where it's like we have a really good conversation oh, yeah. about a movie that's not <sighs> that's not horror. And I, I feel this was a really interesting conversation about the movie, the book. It yeah. was fun. It was fun. It was wild to watch Doctor Spock. <laughs> Not my kind of movie, so not my kind of movie either. Not Boy. my kind of movie. Uh, if you're looking to get real sad, maybe just read the Wikipedia page. Yeah, 
We go through it pretty in depth. <laughs> Get ready to be sad. Because boy oh boy, Russian literature ain't happy. That's for sure. Well anyway, listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. When we're back in two weeks, what do you want us to chat about? We should probably start up those series that we were doing again. Our Patreon mm-hmm. will be back at some point soon. There's so many things that are coming back. So we want to hear from you about what you wanted to hear us cover on this, on Patreon. The, you can let us know via email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on social media. I am at MB McAndrews on Twitter and Blue Sky, and I am on Instagram as at MB dot McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Treadful. Across all those social platforms. Ac- across and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, if you don't follow the podcast, what are you doing? Follow the podcast at Scarred Podcast on Blue Sky and on Twitter. And you can follow at Scarred for Life Podcast uh, on Instagram. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And as Mary Beth said, we will be bringing back Patreon. So I know there's a couple people that have messaged that are waiting for it. It will be happening uh, once these vacations are out of the way and things have maybe turn back to a, a normal cadence we will be hitting that really hard and i'm very excited me too i'm also ready for it to be like normal thank you Derek power for our artwork thank you to sean keller for our music thank you everyone for listening thanks so much uh, whoa good lord my brain just completely lost the outro let me try that one again thank you Derek power for our artwork thank you to sean keller for our music and thank you everyone for listening oh, please, somebody please, please think of the children <laughs> <laughs>